afternoon. Good night, like that Truman Show movie. Good afternoon, good morning, good night. Look, I don't know when you're going to find this, but I'll tell you what time it is right now. It's time for me to take these sunglasses off. But this is this show is called Philanthropy and Focus, and I'm called Tommy D, your boy, the nonprofit sector connector. My buddy Steve Fry brings a show on right after us. That's called uh, it's called Always Friday with the SMB guy, Steve Fry, and he wears sunglasses the whole time. But I can't see anything. Oh, God, I sound like, uh, you know, from the Jerky Boys back in the day when we were kids. I can't see so good. But I can't see anything. I can't see the words I'm trying to read. But I thought it looked very good for the outfit, little Hawaiian shirt. Uh, I have the, the necklace on. Look, it's summer. There's a lot of stuff going on. I usually have a shirt and tie. I was telling my guest, Joe Salamone, that, I Joe, I usually put a shirt and tie on. But it's so nice out. I didn't have the, I didn't have the head for it. It wasn't the headspace I'm in right now. Talk about the headspace I'm in. I will tell you. I was texting with a buddy of mine who I'm sure will be checking into the show shortly, but I was texting with my buddy Mick Collins because I was telling him that I went to a concert in New York City the other the other night, actually uh, Wednesday night, to see a group I'm really, really into, uh, The Cold Revolution. And I bring it up because it's it's relevant. Well, it's probably relevant because why I got the Hawaiian on because it's where my head's at. But it's also relevant because of the topic we're going to talk about today with my guest, Joe Salamone from Long Island Coalition Against Bullying. And I, I say it's relevant because this is a group – the music is all about good vibes. The music is all about compassion and love and looking out for each other. So I thought I would just pull one verse real quick. I don't usually do it this way, but out of the, one of their songs uh, called Feeling All Right. And it says, well, it's about this time for us to look around and meet somebody new. Let's all welcome in familiar faces, perhaps somebody who has a conflict in their life. All right. Tell them you're sorry but there's ways to change the wrong to right. Now, look, today's show, I, I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to open me up. I'm going to be emotional, I'm sure, um, because this is something that I, I sort of grew up being on both sides of, of this uh, problem or dilemma. I, I remember at times I was a jerk to other kids, and I certainly was on the receiving end at, at times in my life. Um, having four kids, you know, this is a topic I think we need to really address. I, I would say um, what excites me about the situation is when I was a kid growing up in the 80s and 90s, there wasn't campaigns about anti-bullying. There wasn't conversations about this. And I think what excites me and makes me happy about what's going to happen in the future is, and I remember this when I talk about the intellectually and developmentally disabled uh, individuals in, with intellectual developmental disabilities is a better way to say it, Tommy. But I know when I talk about that, you know, having grown up with my cousin Linda, who had special needs, and there used to be another word we used to use back in the day, which we no longer use. But um, I think it made us more compassionate having Linda in our family and and being more aware. But we were still jerks at times to people. And I remember that. Um, and And I grew up in a it hung out with a bunch of guys who are still my friends to this day. And we give each other the business, man. We give each other a hard time. So as I was thinking about this morning, I was wondering, and I want to ask Joe when he, when we get into this conversation is like, there's a fine line, man. I remember telling, this is crazy what I'm going to say here on the show, but I remember telling my wife about some of my friends. I go, yeah, you'll probably cry from hanging out with my friends at some point. <laughs> and it's like, where does the Joe just come off mute? Cause I want to get you in this conversation right away. Where does the part of, of it's just good old chop breaking or other words we might use in our vernacular, but it to a point when, when it's bullying and we'll get into that. But first of all, I just want to say good morning. I'm two flights up from the kitchen. I didn't even tell anybody this where I am today because they might've forgot, but I'm in the attic, baby. And now you're in the attic, Joe Salamone. What's up, baby? How are you? 
Good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm glad you're here, man. I'm glad. I hope you don't mind. I didn't get super dressed up. I just felt very island-like, you know, Long Island, but other islands too. I'm all about it. Now I kind of feel a little overdressed, but, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm all about it. I don't. Right on. So why don't we do this, man? I, I mean, I have a lot of other things I want to point out today, but I feel it's important, right? I've set this up now. I've said it's about compassion. It's about love. It's about looking out for each other. Back, shout out to, again to Revolution. I saw them at Pier 17 in New York City, which is an incredible venue to see a show, and especially this particular show. But one of their songs is more love. Like, this is what we need. We need more love. And that's sort of what Philanthropy and Focus, the program is about. It's about amplifying the message for nonprofits and helping them tell their story. Let's start with your story, Joe. Your story about the organization, your story about how the organization started. Talk about your childhood. In the green room, we were just checking out all your Legos, so we got to have a Lego conversation at some point. If you're watching on Facebook, that next to Joe, to his left, is the Coliseum. Not NASA one, the, the, the other one, the Roman one. And so you want to talk Legos, we can talk Legos too. But Joe, take it away. Let's jump in. Uh, so... Uh... We'll definitely get to the Legos uh, for sure. It's how I kind of decompress. But uh, as far as, you know, kind of the, the story of how it all got started, uh, I went to, uh, I was in elementary school in North Babylon and then uh, finished nor- uh, elementary school at uh, Marion G. Vetter Elementary uh, and then moved to Deer Park. Uh, it wasn't, you know, things weren't that great in fifth grade, but they weren't terrible. Um, it really kind of started heating up when you went, you know, got to middle school, which is still the, the primary place where it happens now the most. You heating up, you're just talking just bullying, being picked yeah. on, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and you, you raise an interesting point, and it's important to clarify. I know you said it, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, you know, having been, I only graduated high school in 2005. So I went into high school in 2001. Uh, you know, so the prior years, you know, there were, we were, it wasn't a focus. It wasn't, there were still not very many campaigns, as you said, about it. It was getting picked on. It was kids not being nice, but it wasn't this concerted effort that it is today. And that we addressed that there was no concern. They had to fix it. They knew they had to get involved in it, but it wasn't, there were very clear restrictions on where a school could get involved, things like that. It wasn't this kind of wild, wild west to an extent that it's kind of become now where it's such a pervasive issue that it does need its own, you know, separate campaigns, its own buzzwords, things like that. So when, you know, when I would come home and, you know, tell my mother, initially, I didn't even tell my mother when I moved, it was in the summer. So I started the sixth grade, which is, you know, one of the the trickiest times for most kids to begin with. I started middle school without a single friend. I didn't have any friends when I walked into the building. I had one quick tour of the building during the summer. Uh, just to kind of get a quick lay of the land. Uh, but ordinarily, you know, when I, the first day of school happened, there was nobody that I, uh, that, you know, I really knew. Um, so it, I was the quiet kid. I was the new kid. I was, you know, the weird kid. Uh, and, you know, it, it all started to add up. And, you know, the interesting thing is, is that for as much of what I went through back then that I can actually tell you and remember, there's so much more of it that I have after all this time kind of blocked out. Pushed it down, right? Like smushed it. You know, and we talk a lot about mental health. I talk about it like constantly, but we talk a lot about it on this program. And I will just say at 44 years old, me, I'm trying to unpack a lot of that stuff now. And, and I, and I would say many of us have these issues and things we try to work through, but I will tell you, and another point that I talk on the show about, and I say, I bring these stories up because I think it's relevant to other people. I quit drinking about 12 years ago. And I was saying to somebody just recently, 
that I bet a lot of the crap that I was trying to just not deal with was not, I guess, of course it was, of course, that's why, you know, you, we take these substances because you feel better, man. You feel better when you do them. I am not everybody listening, telling you to go do these things. That is not going to help. Right. But I'm just saying that sometimes the reaction to feeling bad about ourselves, being sad, being depressed, we sometimes, as they say, self-medicate. And I'm not a proponent of that. I want to make sure you understand that folks. We're going to talk to you over the next 55 minutes about other ways to find solutions to these problems. So sorry, Joe, but take it back. No, I, I think you're, I think you're right on. Uh, you know, it, it, while we don't condone, you know, uh, self-medicating, uh, we unfortunately know that it happens. Why? Because for the moment you think it's helping, it's a distraction more than anything else. And it gets you to, to leave everything behind. So I, I agree with, with what you just said about the unpacking piece, you know, I'm a, a very vocal proponent of, of mental health therapy. I don't hide the fact that I see a therapist. I see it. I started seeing a therapist because of all the issues I had as a kid and they weren't all hundred percent motivated by bullying. You know, my, I, you know, my home life wasn't that fantastic um, for a, a multitude of reasons. So, but I pushed it off. I delayed it. My parents tried therapy. It didn't really work for me. Um, you know, we could have tried harder, um, but you know, now I've been, I've been in therapy for what, probably close to 11 years. I'm 35 years old. So since I was a late teen, maybe early twenties, you know, I started down the road and so much of what we still talk about can be traced back to, you know, how I deal with things today can be traced back, back then, you know, you know, entrepreneurs, whether you're a nonprofit entrepreneur or a for-profit entrepreneur, the same thing, we all suffer from what's called uh, imposter syndrome. And so much of imposter syndrome can actually be traced back to the fact that you got through your entire life where not a lot of people were really telling you that you were all that good. So of, why would you think all of a sudden that you are that good just suddenly overnight? So there's so much that's always interweaved about this, which is why we try to focus kids and families on the idea of like, listen, it's okay to ask for help. You'd rather get the help now when you're going through it so that you can have the opportunity to cope with it now and fix it for the future, rather than being in your late 30s, your 40s, your 50s, and still dealing with your teen issues because of how far they've kind of tagged along for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> thank you for all that. But you know, it's funny how the internet can allow you to self-diagnose in a lot of ways. <laughs> so, so I think this week I have arrested development and I thought that was just a group that, you know, uh, that sung a song Tennessee back in the day or a show with, uh, Jason, uh, Bateman, but no, I was actually, and I was like, Oh, cause I said something the other day recently and wow, we're really opening up to the world today, Tommy, huh? But I said, you know, if there's unfinished business, I think is the way I said it. Like there's things that I've never really evolved through and I, I started to, and this is like a thing, like it's actually a thing, like where you're, and this is me, I'm not, a gotta, gotta let you know these things. I'm, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I mean, you know, I know a lot of stuff, but not that stuff, but it's like, uh, it's stunted growth is what I'm going to call it. Like it just as through development, certain things didn't finish, didn't, didn't happen for one reason or another. And I look back and I see Joe, my own reactions to things, like how I can be a hothead sometimes. And, and that feels like we're doing therapy now, Joe, but I feel like my own reactions to things. I'm like, Holy cow, Tommy D that's interesting. That's an interesting way to, to react to that when you could have just chilled out a little bit, you know? And, but I think work in progress is, is a fair way to say most of us are. And, um, I want to, this bullying thing, you know, you shared some stories with me and I don't know how much you want to go into it, but it got pretty, 
pretty crappy in your life when you were growing up. I mean, we can go back to that, you know, being in the new school, the sixth grade thing and stuff. Um, but if, why don't we start the story real quick? We're going to take a break in about a minute and a half. Let's start start where you're in sixth grade, you're going in and, and you got no friend, you have no friends, which which to, it's just what a sucky thing to, to like. I try with my kids and they're not perfect and I'm not like trying to make them saints. But I say, look, if somebody new joins the school, think about what that's like. Think about the feeling of that. You know, like how tough. Why don't you? And especially my oldest son, he's he's incredible with this type of stuff he'll he goes out he reaches out and tries to connect and that's isn't that what we need joe like one kid to reach out to you you like in that sixth grade situation changes really the trajectory of a lot of your own story right yeah and i think you know the the connective piece is so much about what we saw as the thread that kind of unraveled during covid is the connectivity piece and that is so crucial to kids as they're developing and going through life is the connectivity uh, so, so much of what we're going through today, because the pandemic did really exacerbate this issue, a lot of it was as a result of the lack of connectivity that kids had. And, you know, I think going back to my own situation, that's exactly what some of the root cause was. I didn't have the connectivity. I didn't have a, a support, you know, fa- a friend support system, I could say, that could assist me in kind of weathering the stuff I was going through. I kind of always felt like I was an island on my own, uh, you know, and, and the lack of connectivity is you know really what can start sending you down you know the darker paths of feeling alone and depression and things like that. So all of that really, of course, started to you know materialize. And obviously, as I got older, it it didn't really get better. Um, so you know it it, it 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 by the time I reached the eighth grade, there were more advanced things happening. But you know I know we're going to take a break. So I'll- yeah, why don't we do that? So so but it got it, it wasn't wasn't getting better. Is is right. real. We'll leave him with that. Look, we love cliffhangers on this show. I mean, it's not like, you know, when Dallas would have a cliffhanger in like 1988, and you had to wait two weeks or a week for the show to come back and see what happened. Who shot JR? If you don't know what I'm talking about, I apologize. Quick, I, know. I know you know, but I so many people have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Shout out to Eric Sarver checking in. Um, Charlie and Tanya Dibel rhymes with Bible. I say it all the time. Me and my co-host on pals. We always say rhymes with Bible. But thank you for being here for crossing over from the professionals. I'm a lover show to check out Tommy D on philanthropy and focus. Joe Salamone, I appreciate you being my new friend. Thanks for being here. We have connectivity. We will be right back in 90 seconds with Joe and Tommy in the attic. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Thank you. 
Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. And we are back. Your boy, just below the roof of the house, I'm in my attic. I was going to sing that Revolution song in the first segment there, but I didn't do it because my boy, uh, Eric Rachmani, who doesn't even know who I am, but I call him my boy, but the lead singer of Revolution probably does a better job than me. But, you know, I got that imposter syndrome sometimes too, Joe. You know, like I have it. Tommy D, the character, he has no, he never has that, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so good, good. Let's get right back into it. There is some stuff I want to mention. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll shout it out in the next segment, but you know, it is Juneteenth uh, this Sunday. I want to mention that it is Father's Day. I'll do a little bit on the next segment about that because I want to get, we left you on the cliffhanger, like who shot JR? Joe, take it back. Where are we going? Um, so yeah, you know, growing up, obviously, look, am I going to say that I went through sixth, seventh and eighth grade without any friends? No, I, you know, I had, you know, friends here and there, uh, you know, every aspect of every second was not terrible. Uh, you know, it was, you know, but, but unfortunately so much of my memories of it are kind of scarred with the, what was bad because of how bad it was at times, you know, there were, there were, uh, when I first moved into town, I was getting, uh, you know, I'd get brought into the woods to play manhunt and stuff, and then, you know, get left kind of in places where they knew they weren't going to find me, uh, you know, and, you know, be wanting to make friends. You didn't want to come out from the hiding place and ruin it. Because you're me. waiting, right? So you're waiting, right. to, you're playing the game, right? So if, if you come out, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's, you know, things like that. And, and again, if I were to go back, I don't really know how much of it was actually malicious in the intention like yeah. things like that and that's really- Joe, like we're, boys will be boys right like that kind of throwaway thing but it goes back to like i say like these relationships i have with guys and now we're adults and i, I we still give each other business as uh, you know like as i say but and but- that, that that was something that you mentioned in the beginning that that i didn't want to miss uh i think that is exactly what some of the problem we have in today's society is is that we think you know, and I talk about it when I go into schools is the idea that there's a difference between unkind behavior, there's a difference between mean behavior, and there's a difference between, you know, bullying behavior, that taunting versus teasing, things like that. You know, and it's, it's important, you know, a lot of people think it's kind of semantics, but it really is important because not every single time somebody does something to you that's kind of crappy, does that mean that they're a bully or you're a, a target of a bully? Right. You know, but it, what it does is, and, and it's very important to remember because to your example of, you know, you still have friends. I have plenty of friends that we go back and forth with each right. other, but you, A, you know your audience. Yeah. And that's what teasing, 
thing is. Yeah. You know, if you're doing it in a lighthearted way, you may be making somebody maybe the central piece of the joke, but yeah. the person knows that you don't mean anything by it. You no, know- these are guys that like we, yeah. the, the, the night ends and you're hugging and kissing each other exactly. on the face, on the exactly. cheek, like, you know, so, wow, I'm getting emotional. But that's like the thing of it is, it, it's critically, you said unkind versus mean versus bullying. So there's a, I, like anything else, I guess, but there's a spectrum. There's a spectrum of, of what this is. And we don't have to say, I, it's funny because I watch my own kids interact with their friends and I don't see too much of them giving each other a hard time. And, you know, that, I'm thinking specifically about my older son because it's it's mainly sports. It's mainly sports with these guys. So, you know, we're I'm always automatic quarterback because I'm old and I can't run, Joe. But you know, I plus I'm not going to start running down. You know, there might be holes in my front grass. I can't like turn an ankle or something because I'm old again. But like, like I I don't see them. And again, I'm not in the conversations with the 11 year olds unless I'm playing the game with them. So I don't know. But I don't know if kids are. Maybe it's because they know not to do this stuff. So, you know, maybe it's the education of it. It de- really it, it really depends. Um, I would like to say that I agree with you. Uh, however, I mean, middle school is still the worst. And it some is. Stories- Why do you think that is? What, why is that the worst? That, they're finding their way. They got to like... Yeah. Gotta yeah, like, they're, they're, they're in that kind of awkward age. I mean, they're, like, they're, and you gotta like create a personality too, right? So like they're peacocking and if I can knock you down, then I look like this kind of junk. They, they're not quite sure where they fit in. So they're kind of, there's a, a lot of, uh, for lack of a better uh, phrase, a more of like a chameleon complex yeah. going on where they're they're not sure where they really fit. So they're, they're testing out, out, right? They're yeah. testing their own. I, I'm watching it with my older one right now, age-wise 12. And it's like, wow, like this is something else. You know, and I think a lot of it has to do, uh, you know, whether or not a school does everything 100% right. And listen, they're trying. But I think at the end of the day, we all we all could think of a school that maybe didn't handle something the best way. Maybe they if they had the opportunity to go back would change the way they handled it. But law, by and large, every school district out there has some focus of bullying. Could it be better in some cases? Sure. But there is only so much of this that you can really accomplish in school. It has to start from the foundation they're getting from home. Because if they're not being taught what's right from wrong, what's nice and what's not, what's kind and what's not, you can't send a kid into school for six hours a day and expect the school to be able to teach them every single thing about being a human being that they need to know. And the problem is, is that the parental and school relationship needs to be a supplemental symbiotic relationship, not them versus them. It can't be constantly butting heads. The school can't, you know, the school can do wonders for six hours in a day, but if it all gets undone because it's not supported at home, then the cycle just continues. And And the majority of the time is not in the school. The majority of the time, if you say say six or seven hours, well, that leaves a whole bunch, six, 15, 16, maybe I could add, you know, the rest of the 24 is is not at the school. But you said supplemental and symbiotic. I think that's critical. And while... While not the same, but related, as we did talk a little bit about substance use in in the front of the show, you know, I think the same conversation, and I just started having this conversation with our friend group, meaning my friends who are the parents of my kids' friends, like that gang, right? And I'm saying, like, we need to be very mindful about 
drinking and drugs and all of this stuff because and again it is related to this but i to what we're talking about but it's that symbiotic relationship with the school with the community like it's just where i live there's this coalition against substance abuse it's a, a local organization and a friend of mine is on the board of that and i said to him because he's a he's a business owner in the community that's the train everybody if you hear it this is what happens when you're on long island there's a train everywhere so um my friend who's on the board of that organization his kids are grown but he I said to him, why are you, Rob, I said, why are you involved with this? This is a couple of years back. And he goes, because this is my community. And I, my kids went through the schools here and too many children, I'm just going to say it, are tragically dying because of substance issues. So th- I think that goes back to the point, though, about it's got to be your point, symbiotic. It's got to be together and connected. And it can't just be my expectation as a father is I'm going to drop them off of this building for six or seven hours. And then they're going to be good citizens because of the building that, and, and no knocking the leaders of the school and the teachers and the guidance council, everything, but it's my job and my wife's job to, to be a bigger part of that. Right. Like that's the stuff you're talking about. So I want to, I want to hear about program. I know you have a lot to say, so I want to hear that what your, your response and then programmatically what it is that LICAB, Long Island Coalition Against Bullying, is doing, like in the schools and whatnot. So to button up that last piece, I think that it's, I personally, and I I always walk a fine line because I, in transparency, I don't have children, but I, in my estimation, believe that it's a parent's right to, to create the human side of a, of a kid. And it's a school's job to kind of continue to nurture that and educate that. But teaching humanity, in my estimation, really starts from home. But it's not to say that every kid who has who is a bully or who engages in that kind of behavior comes from a home life that is terrible. There are very good parents out there that unfortunately, usually it means that their kid is dealing with something. It's bullying is usually a reaction to something. It's a reaction in the wrong way, but it's not because they're terrible people. They're yeah. reacting to things in a negative way. So Let's say, say that again. Say that again, because it doesn't mean, and for some reason, Billy Madison, remember Billy Madison and o- O'Doyle, the O'Doyle family, O'Doyle rules. They were really like the jerks all the way through as yeah. Billy Madison was going through school. And then they ended up driving off the cliff. And that was like a very good thing for, because that was a cute joke that the whole O'Doyle family was gone. But there that looked like Mr. O'Doyle probably was a jerk, I guess, in that example. If you haven't seen Happy Gilmore, uh, I don't know. You guys missed a bunch of movies, too. Joe, about that, though, let's say that again. It's not that they're bad people, but they're about the reaction piece again. They're, they're not bad kids. They're, you know, they're, they're reacting to something that's in their life that's not making them feel good. And, and bullying is a unfortunate tool in their bag that they think is going to kind of help them get through and actually that's a perfect segue to kind of what we do so we have we do an exercise in most schools uh called the invisible backpack and actually we do it at our golf outing too we actually have our golfers wear a bag full of golf balls to kind of accentuate the point so what the invisible backpack is that it's something that you and i as we're talking here are wearing it's a bag that no one else can see but it's filled with all of our struggles, our problems, things that are, are not right with us, things that are you know, upsetting us, whatever the case is. But we're not wearing a sign that says, I'm dealing with this, 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 and this. And that, that exercise works both in how you can make somebody feel like what it's like to be bullied and also what it's like to make somebody feel like they are the bully. 
a, an individual who's engaging in bullying behavior, which is really the proper way of saying it, because engaging in behavior means you can change behavior. Okay. Uh, when you're engaging in the bullying behavior, you are dealing with the weight you already have. We don't necessarily know what that weight is, but you think that by making somebody else feel worse, you are somehow excising the weight you have and getting wow so that's that's on some subconscious level that's the that's what this and i love this engaging in bullying behavior because if i call someone a bully well they're a bully right that's a label right and it's like well i'm a bully and that's what it is and i joked about the o'doyles from that movie but but like it's it's just do you're doing a thing which means you can leave step over here and not do the thing anymore right so I, I think that's critically important. You, you said it up front too. Words have meanings and there's this distinction about what we say and really what we tell ourselves and others because it just get it gets stuck in there and we carry it around. I love this this invisible backpack thing. That's, so, that, yeah, that's great. Conversely, yeah. when you are a victim of targeting of, uh, from uh, someone who's engaging in this kind of behavior, everything you're already dealing with is compounded and your bag gets that much heavier. So that's why the, the concept of words having meaning is so many kids, and we could talk about this in the next segment, uh, so many kids think of, well, well, that was obviously a joke. Clearly, that was a joke. But you know what? The person you said that to, you have no idea what's necessarily in their bag when you said it. That maybe as an isolated singular thing is not the end of the world. But adding that yeah. to what they are already dealing with is what sometimes can make that bag too heavy. Do you remember like in chemistry class, I, I, I wasn't like a great science student, but I remember it now there was like, you'd have like a, like a beaker, I guess. And they were like, they would talk to meniscus. I think it was like, it was the top of, you could see the water. Like if you looked at it, but you could actually see it was higher than the jar it was in, right? Like it was filled all the way up. And I talk about that sometimes. And I talk about it in my own stressed life. And I go, sometimes my glass is all the way up there. So you start pouring some more water in, forget it. It's already, I'm, it's just going to, pour out over the side and I think that's what you're saying and I like that as a visual because it's like maybe I just can't handle much more and maybe you know or as a kid or as an adult or whatever and it's maybe like don't give me a hard time and I'm not saying this it's not individualized it's not about me I'm speaking as us as, as yeah. humans like it's probably was just, it was a throwaway thing I just said something I thought it was cute whatever I thought I but you know what here's what this is something that I try to live by because take this with you everyone and this is from Robin Williams and I think this makes Joe's point Everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Be kind always. Dylan, let's go to a quick break. We'll be back. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? 
Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Come through the static. That is a command. Just like push the static to get out of the way, come up a couple flights of stairs from the kitchen and join me in my attic. Well, don't li- don't like literally do that because I don't have enough room for everybody to come up here in the attic. But like you get it right virtually. All right. Here's what I want to say. Juneteenth is this Sunday. Today is the 17th of June 2022, as we mentioned this. So uh, Juneteenth. Also, it, it's a national holiday now, also known as Jubilee Day, Emancipation Day, Freedom Day, Black Independence Day. It is a federal holiday commemorating the emancipation of enslaved African-Americans. It is observed for celebrating African-American culture and originally originated in Galveston, Texas. So I just wanted to point it out. I think it's critically important to understand, look, we know our original sin as a country. We don't need to, you know, really a whole lot of negotiating. It was a bad scene. And I think it's important that we talk about that. Just so happens to fall on uh, Father's Day as well. So I shout out to my dad, who's been a, a very important part of my life. Love you, dad. And uh, my father-in-law as well. And being a dad is a whole other situation that I've been working through for the last 12 years. Talk about evolving Joe Salamone. Talk about like, wow. Like, I mean, literally my life on uh, on November 3rd, when my oldest was born all those years ago, like literally changed in seconds. Like, boom, like I can do whatever I want oh my God, I have someone's life in my hand. Like that is a game-changing situation. So if you are a dad out there, happy Father's Day to you. And if you have a dad, I wish them a happy Father's Day. All right, so um, there's more to come on things I want to share throughout this show, but let's go. We're, we're talking about the invisible backpack. I, I like feeling carrying that weight, right? Let's go there. So um, obviously there there's a lot to unpack even in that one analogy, which is kind of what we really strive to do uh, as an organization is kind of like unpack the layers a little bit. So uh, years ago, uh, you know, when, when the organization started, obviously the first question, we, we knew we had the passion, we knew we had the drive, we knew we had an issue to tackle. Then it became like, well, how are you going to tackle it? Like you got the who, you got the what, now you got to figure out the how. Now, you know, obviously th- things have continued to evolve in the last nine years. September will be nine years that we've been around. Congratulations, Joe. That's a big deal, man. As a grassroots nonprofit, it's a big deal to make it, man. So uh, it, um, so the very basic thing, uh, at a time where two things are not really happening, trust and something to smile about, that's where we have these care packages that we send. We call them smile packages. And we send them to any child who we find out is being bullied. They could be requested uh, online. Uh, right on the website. 
Uh, and it literally, people ask us all the time, can we have like the Girl Scouts make a bunch of packages? Well, the unfortunate part is no, because it's what makes, the answer of no is what makes them so unique. Each package that we send is specifically tailored to the person that's going to receive it. In so, what way? So there's a form online that we either fill out with you when you were talking to one of our response team members, or uh, you could fill it out on your own as a parent, a friend, whoever. But you're telling us, what this kid likes to do, what mm -hmm. their hobbies are, their special interests, what sports teams, what TV shows do they like, what music do they like, um, what, what makes them tick. Mm -hmm. If they had a wish list right now, what would be on it? Um, and really, it, it serves a dual purpose. The first one is it's a Band-Aid because it doesn't do a whole lot to cure the issue that they're dealing with. But at the same time, it helps establish trust and helps open the door that there are, are people out there that do actually want to help them. But that's, uh, that, that's that connectivity piece, Joe, that you talked about yeah. earlier, right? Like you said, you know, you remember that there were, were some brighter and happier times. And, and I think there's something about the human brain where we remember the crappy stuff like more. I don't know what that is. I'm not, I told you already, I, I'm not a doctor of anything, but I like doctor like Johnny Fever, like, you know, WKRP in Cincinnati, for those of you who know, like that kind of doctor, maybe I am, but I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. And I think Mick Collins is the only one listening who got that Dr. Johnny Fever joke. But I, I will say this. Um, it's, it's, look at me. I'm so, I'm so caught up, Joe. I lost my train of thought because I'm trying to be silly and, and make jokes. Um, in, help, help me out because I literally did lose my train of thought. So where the, the, care the, the connectivity, the, the connectivity. connectivity. So yeah. So the connectivity piece is like that child who might feel like they don't have anyone all of a sudden there's these people that are reaching out that know the, their hobbies, their interests, their music, things that are important to them. Right. So now that could, that yes, a band aid. But I see it also as a gateway to start to open this this child up, right? And that's 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 exactly really what it is. It's the idea that you know people remember the kindness of strangers, uh, and they you know that's key. But it also helps us open the door for two different reasons. One, it may hope to it may open the door for a conversation with their parents and mm -hmm. the kids themselves. Um, it may open the door between the parents and us. So maybe they do want to take more advantage of some of the things that we do have to offer. Um, but again, is that package going to do anything to make their situation go away? Absolutely not. So there's got to be some substance that's baked underneath that in order to try to do that. And that's where we get into more of like the personal development things that we do. So one of the biggest things that we do, and unfortunately, it's not as commonly sourced as we'd like to see it, but we actually have a referral network of therapists, mental health, psychologists, psychiatrists, connect, you know, in a network that we have built that, that they, by working in our network, take a reduced private pay rate. And then we provide financial subsidies to the families along with the referral that says, you're in uh, North Babylon, we've got somebody right down the road in Deer Park or Bayshore. We try not to stray more than 15 minutes away from them so that we remove all the barriers to-, yeah. to uh, like, Let's make this easy. You know, a friend of mine, Michael Liebwood says like, let's reduce the friction. And right. I hear you reducing friction. Yeah. Let's get them close. Okay, yeah. you can't afford it. Let's subsidize that. Yeah. Let's get right. out in front of this and solve the problem, right? Exactly. So, and now that so many people are so used to the Zoom situation, it's even easier. You don't even literally have to leave your house. So um, we pay, we give families who would like to see a therapist 
a $500 subsidy per family to arm them to pay for however long that will stretch. If it's there's no insurance, we'll pay $100 a session. If there is insurance, we'll pay co-pays. And you can stretch that $500 to whatever. You can re we can reimburse you if you've already laid it out. We can the, the therapist can bill us directly. So we've put a lot of time into that. We don't get involved in the therapy aspect of it. We just want to make sure that you're going and that you're getting the help that you need. And, and in psych, uh, psychological settings and conversations, between three and five sessions is generally what's called crisis intervention time. So that's like where like triage, like, yeah. 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 okay. So three to five sessions, three to five sessions. So our, our program is built around giving them five sessions. So if they want to go beyond that, they're welcome to, we don't get involved really beyond that unless it's a real, you know, case by case basis, but then other things than the therapy, because there are other things, or maybe in addition to therapy that you can also be doing. Um, we're big proponents of martial arts. And I always say, not because we want to teach kids how to beat each other up, but because anybody who knows the, who has ever been through martial arts training knows that so much about martial arts is the self-confidence. And that's why it's so important. It's to be able to tell you like, listen, I know that if I needed to resort to violence, I could probably lay you down, but I have the mental bandwidth and the self-confidence in myself to not have to get to that point. Wait, and did you just threaten me? Wait, did you just threaten me on my own show? I'm just realizing we, you, you did. Okay, fine. Probably. I just was asking. I, I just want to make sure I understood it correctly because I don't know if we have to address it, but you probably could. I'm old and weak. You probably could beat me up, Joe. I guess that's what you're saying. No, so, but the self-confidence. And the other thing I always, and I have not trained in martial arts or practiced martial arts, but there's also, as I understand, the discipline piece is, is yes, big, right? Sure. But the self-confidence is what, again, I try to, I'm having this, this scenario, my own family, and I'm just, we're, 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 you know, they're 12, 11, nine and seven. Right. And I just say, talk about self-confidence. And I, I, you talk about imposter syndrome earlier. There's this point where I don't know if we can ever be Teflon Joe, where yeah. like it just bounces off me. Like, I don't care. Right. Like, I don't, I don't even know whoever's the strongest, you know, most confident. I think some stuff still will get through the armor. Right. right. But if we don't, build that foundation and again talk about evolution i'm i'm still working through this personally but as i watch my four young people my children and i'm like oh man because some of this stuff is it's nonsense that they're reacting to and it and i relatively speaking for a 44 year old man to see this it's nonsense right but as a nine-year-old looks up at it it's not it's like this is like really bad so so back to that self-confidence thing how do we get them to build that foundation and get them to be stronger that most of the time you can go what are you even talking about? That's ridiculous. You're saying that to me. I, I'm who I am. Beat it. You know, like that. a lot of times it really does really come to us to, as, as the adults in the room to kind of get them to kind of, as you used the word before, triage. You know, you don't have to react to every single situation. Right. The problem with today, why the advice is so much harder for kids to accept is because it's not really happening this way. Yeah. It's happening oh, this way. I know. I know. And unfortunately, like when I was going through it, the worst time that I had was who, whatever happened in school, whoever repeated what they saw or what happened on the bus. But when but it, ended, office, it ended when you got to the house, right? right? I got off the bus. I went home. I shut the door. And if I didn't choose to go back outside until school the next day, the day was over. The horror was done. Yeah, well, you now, got through it for whatever yeah. that means. Yes. And now today, the problem is it just doesn't end. I mean, 
You can, you know, one per, and unfortunately, look at the very simple scenario of how we all, unfortunately, even adults fall into this. We are more interested in grabbing a phone to record a fight than we are in trying to break it up or get people to stop the fighting, especially in kids. No one has any interest in jumping into the fight, or I shouldn't say no one, that's a horrible generalization. Most kids in the hallway are gonna see a fight and the first thing they're gonna do is try to take a picture of it or a video of it. And they may not post it, but what they are doing is sending it around to each other through private snap groups. And did you see what just happened in the hallway? What they didn't do, what they didn't do is go, oh, what are we doing here? Like they didn't do that. So that's really, and look, in 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 the hallway, in a school, Tragic situations in this country aside, but in the whole way in a school, for the most part, if two knuckleheads are fighting, you know, another kid can get in the in the way. And the worst he's going to get is, you know, maybe a shot in the face from one of these fists flying. Right. So I'm not saying everybody needs to get in and break up fights on the subway, but you're talking about in the hallway. You can kind of say, like, guys, what, what are we doing here? Right. It's you not know, it's not very dangerous is my point. To, to everybody. Do everybody asks the same thing. Oh, how do we get them to be stronger? Th- things like that, because we're never going to win the war. And that's what really this is. Every day is a battle in a larger war. It's been fought for years. But. The struggle that we're in now is very different because look at, just take the one example of any number of these moms groups or parent groups on Facebook and look at the way people treat each other there with their name and their picture right there. Like where we seem to be saying the problem is over there, it's not here. If we were trying to all make a collective effort, because it's incredibly hypocritical for somebody to say, don't treat each other that way. But then they'll turn around and be like, but did you see what you just put on Facebook? Because and that's the thing. And it's not it's not anonymous. Like, no. the, I see some of it. I'm not big on Facebook because of what you're talking about. And a guy with my personality, you know, would probably I stayed away from it for like the last 20 years just because of this show and business and other things. I've gotten more involved with it. But it, it's a lot of that is nonsense and crap. And to your point, you're. you're not only are you like all your stuff is there here's pictures of my kids and i'm gonna act the fool here's pictures of my family and i'm gonna act stupid and be very rude i don't understand that but there is portion of it like we don't want to generalize like you said earlier there are portions of that tool that i'm watching at that you and me on the screen over here on my left that is not all negative so all right look we do this like it's kind of like it should be the theme of the show we never run out of words to say but we always run out of time in which to say those words, which just means I have to do this show for many, many years into the future. And some of my guests will just have to come back and have regular conversations. Although I will be going to Joe's office because although I am not as big of a Lego maniac, and that is not, I'm not passing judgment. It's an old commercial. Zach, Zach, he's a Lego maniac. That was a commercial. Well, Joe Salamone is a Lego connoisseur. So when we come back from break, two things. We're going to talk Legos because they're all over his office if you haven't seen them yet. But there's a bunch of Lego uh, creations on on Joe's desk and otherwise. We'll talk about that. And I really want to talk about Joe in the last segment. Where do we go from here? What do you need? Who's the organization connecting with now? Who do you want to connect with in the future? We're way over time. Let's take a quick break and come back and bring it to a close. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. 
In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc you're listening to talk radio nyc at www.talkradio.nyc now broadcasting 24 hours a day Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. I'm Tommy D. The show is called Philanthropy and Focus, and I got a quick story for you. On an early summer's evening in the emergency room, waiting room of the Good Samaritan Hospital out on Long Island, Strong Island, our island. West Islip is the town. A family walks into the waiting room and they are accompanied. This young man accompanied by his parents is uh, has special needs, intellectual and developmentally disabled, mentally handicapped in the different vernacular. Three young people in their 20s sit there and all of a sudden they start giving this young man and, and his family a hard time. My buddy, Joe Salamone, who's my guest on the show, was seated there and watched this. And it brought back memories for Joe. And it brought back some of the stories we've talked about for Joe. And, you know, I like this phrase. I I totally ripped this off from a guy that used to work in a company together. And he used to say, pissed off for greatness. We're pissed off for greatness. And I'm pissed off for greatness because, you know what? This is the kind of thing. Joe saw something. I I said in a video I shot about this show, I don't know that I could have had the same discipline that Joe did and not, like, grab one of these kids because I'm a knucklehead and I might have done something dumb and done that or at least I would have gotten their face I think but Joe had the the fortitude to say you know what there's something here and I'm going to solve this problem and that's what the Long Island Coalition Against Bullying is right I mean that it all comes out of that night Joe yeah and if if I had one regret over the last nine years it's the not it's a regret that I didn't do anything in that moment but I I wish that in some way I can either the universe tells them in some way or whatever the case is, I didn't know who they were. I probably will never know the names or anything. Uh, But I want them to know that just because I failed to do something that night, I've been spending every day since that night doing something based on the unfortunate thing I saw happen to their family. Well, I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy that you didn't do something because maybe if you did something that night, you wouldn't feel as, as responsible to do all the work you're doing now. And if you're pissed off for greatness and you're just going to keep working harder, Hey, you know what? I, thank you for that, Joe. You're a leader and you're changing the freaking world. You're a change maker. That's the people I hang out with. And I mean that you're a hero because you're helping all these people who need your help. So thank you for that. Talk to me about 
we want to talk events. We want to talk. You have a, a boardwalk gala coming up. Tell me, this is your moment or three moments to get it all out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. The, so we got frankly tired of like the stuffy black tie ball type galas. And we were like, let's change it up a little bit. So we usually do it in October because we always try to do an event in October to commemorate Bullying Prevention Month. But we decided let's shift gears, like totally drop a bomb on it and do something more fun. So we moved it to an event in, uh, in August, August 4th, uh, Thursday, August 4th from 6 to 10. It's at the Pavilion in Sunken Meadow, right on the boardwalk, right on the beach. So that's why we're calling it our boardwalk benefit. Uh, it'll have food. It'll have drinks. It's networking. You know, you know, where you find an open chair, sit down, talk to somebody, make a new friend, make a new business contact. Uh, there's going to be um, cornhole competitions. There's going to be giant Jenga, you know, all this kind of fun stuff so that it's raising money, obviously, which is much needed, but it's also having a good time and a memorable evening. And, you know, you know, I tell business people, I'm like, come with a business card. You know, you're going to you're going to end up doing it. Listen, uh, as a nonprofit sector connector, wherever I go, I'm networking like right. So that's just the, and that's what networking is. And that, not just networking to sell more stuff, networking to meet Joe Salamone, who might be, you know, I, don't you do some work with uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters? Yes. Long Island, Mark, that Mark Cox's organization, he's the leader over there, right? Like you probably met somehow through networking. If you didn't know him already, somebody introduced you, right? Hey, uh, their development, uh, director of development, uh, Meredith Michaels. I know is, Meredith, yeah. Uh, great. I've known her for years. She actually is the uh, former girlfriend of a former board member. Uh, so that's how we actually met. That's networking. Sometimes it's romantic. Sometimes it's business. Yeah. Sometimes it's philanthropy, but that's networking, man. But uh, it definitely big shout out to our friends over at Big Brothers. You know, we love them. Uh, I, I, I expect, I hope they love us. Uh, <laughs> we, we've got a great thing going with them, really stre- uh, stressing the connection again, back to connectivity between you know, uh, kids and mentors and the importance of the mentor-mentee relationship. Uh, and it doesn't matter who the one person in your life is, everybody should have at least the one. And that that goes such a long way. So that's what we really focus on with them as well as other education, stuff like that. But, um, you know, so where, you know, where are we kind of going? We're, we're striving for more partnerships. Obviously, we want more people to be involved. We've got board committees uh, you know, we, we've got things like that. We're relaunching a youth board in September to get middle school and high school kids. Involved. What's the age? What, what are you looking for? What age group on that youth board? Eighth grade and higher. Wow. I think I have a prospect for you. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. We'll talk okay. offline about that. Um, so I have a lot more that I, I want to make sure we hit in here. So I just shared the benefit, the link for the benefit on Facebook, but let's just say you're not watching or listening on Facebook and you're listening to the streaming version of this. I want you all to go to lycab.org. Do you like it as like that or like as a nickname or yeah, lycab.org, L-I-C-A-B, which stands for Long Island Coalition Against Bullying. And I love it. It's two hands embracing with like lycab on the island, this logo. I love the logo. I, you know, I need to, I need a hoodie. I'm not asking for one. I'm going to purchase one. So I hope you have one. If not, I speak, speaking of hoodies, makes me think of my friend Fred Taffer from Tombow Visual Creations. And we're doing some work together for some of my nonprofit friends. So we could talk. Um, if, you, if you're looking for somebody to help you out with that gang, always reach out to me and I'll hook you up with Fred. Um, so the, I've shared the website. I've shared the place to purchase tickets for the. I, I want to be at this event. I mean, this is like really cool. And I think I'm dressed for it. If it's a boardwalk event, a Hawaiian shirt, you know, and, and I'll probably put like my Kikui 
nuts, the shells that I got from Hawaii and all this stuff, because that's kind of the scene I'm going for when we go out to the beach. So that's that's special. Leave them with one thing they need to know, Joe, just generally about this stuff and about the connectivity, maybe. Uh Find the one person. There's always a person in your life that, even for an adult, there's always one person that wants to help you. Uh, obviously, that's more important for a kid because when you're on that island, I know how lonely that island is, but I'm telling you now, you're not the only person there and you're, you're, you're really not on an island. There are plenty of people around you. They could be teachers. They could be coaches. They could be parents, you know, and it doesn't really matter. And I think anybody who really loves a kid is not going to matter. It's not going to care. They're not going to care who the one person is for you, as long as you have it, because the dangers of not having the one person and feeling forever, like you're alone is, is, is too perilous, you know, to, to, to take for granted. So, um, you know, and, and again, the other thing is find a hobby, find something that you can do in your life that allows you to get stress out, you know, safe and legal ways, I should say, to get your stresses out. For me, as Tommy mentioned, it's my Legos. Show us the Legos quick. Give me, give me your favorites really quick around the room. You got like 30 uh, minutes. My favorite one, I don't know where you could see it, is the Titanic right there. That's the, the second largest Lego set uh, in, in the, that they have. The Coliseum is down there. I got the Challenger, the White House. You can't see it, but the Empire State Building back there. Capitals over there. That right here is the uh, Home Alone. It's the Home Alone house. You showed us that through it before we got started today. So Joe, that's my thing. That's your thing. Find the one person. Find the hobby. Make connections. All right. Um, look, there's a couple things I want to say really quick. I know we're out of time, but Michael Partis, my buddy, I want to give you a shout out. You put a post. Talk about the good things on Facebook. Put a post out here uh, regarding Black Wall Street and a. Uh, a uh, trip he just took down to Tulsa. Michael, my buddy from BCDI, has been on the show. The Bronx Cooperative Development Initiative has been here. Um, and I want to hear more about that Black Wall Street thing. Happy Juneteenth. Happy Father's Day. Happy birthday to my boy who comes on right after this. The SMB guy, Steve Fry. It is his birthday. Just give some more shout-outs. Scott J. Beagle Foundation, Memorial Foundation. I was at their event. Linda, I love you. I love all the friends you made. I love all the politicians that you have that are supporting responsible gun legislation and we need to talk about that nobody's taking your guns gang we're just trying to be responsible so we don't have these tragedies i think we're the only country in the world that has these tragedies but we'll talk about that on another show i wrote down more things i want to say i said happy birthday to steve fry stay tuned for steve fry joe salamone thanks for being my friend i can't wait to see the lego set in person everybody make it a great weekend thanks for being here joe thank you very much business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. 
Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 